and we are anonymous hosts of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to episode 34 of season two. This is our season finale. First, we want to thank all our day one listeners and welcome to all our new listeners. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you screenshot listening to the podcast and put it on your story or tweet us, we'll send you a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast limited edition sticker. We're also on Patreon where you can support us and become a member of the Mystical Coven of Bad Bitches. If you contribute for as little as $5 a month, you can still access our exclusive cocktail hour content so you can still get your Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast fix while we're on break. And we're literally going to do an episode right after this episode of the new cocktail series. So So look out for it. Look out for it. This podcast is made possible by you, so every contribution helps. This podcast is also sponsored in part by Bounce. Bounce is a new dating app currently beta in New York City that is live for 15 minutes. And you match with someone when you're feeling like going on a date and you go on a date either that night or the next night. Yep. So we've both tried Bounce. It's uh, super fun. So little frills. Like you literally just go on, you match with someone and then you're there on a date. There's live bounce times multiple times a week, so you can do it on a day that really suits you. You don't have to do it every night. And use our code GFPOD, G-F-P-O-D, when downloading the app, and you get your first round of drinks free on your first bounce date. And now, let's dive into this week's episode. So... Before we get started, we have a question for our listeners. Um, so make sure you answer this by writing us in on Twitter in our DMs. You can also submit your answer on our website or via Instagram. Just whatever, anywhere. Whatever suits. Just like hit us. <laughs> Any just media. hit us with your submissions. Um, so the question is, if you keep a list of people that you've slept with, where do you keep it and what do you call it? Yeah, you're really interested about that. I'm so interested. B, do you keep a list? Of course I keep a list. I'm not a fucking animal. I know. <laughs> I categorize all men. No. We are civilized. Um, no, I have a list on my phone called the did list. And it is numbered only because how you're going to bullet point something like the people you had sex with. So, yeah. And then I, I also do if there's like been a repeat guy, for example, like it's been months since I slept with that person. I obviously don't count him again. Right. But I do make a note of like I did sleep with this person again only because of like sexual health and safety, really. You know, like if you like there's a show on Netflix where this British guy gets an STD he doesn't know when or where and he contacts all of his exes dude wasn't this a movie first I don't know. Okay. The show is called Love Sick. Yeah. He basically gets an STD and he has to contact all of his exes. And then when I created this list, I was like, okay, if I have to do this, this would be the worst thing ever. Because nothing is more embarrassing than saying, I, I got an STD. You contracted an illness from me. Right. <laughs> or my vice vagina. Versa. Or vice versa. Yeah. No, it sucks. Either and then way. it's a witch hunt of all of the people that you've slept with. Yeah. And then you've basically blacked out your entire list. You're like, okay, that person's probably not going to have sex with me ever again. And right. my list is extensive, so it's a lot to black out. Guaranteed, I don't get a lot of repeat customers. So I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So I have a list, too. It's saved in my notes as well. Um, I cannot tell you the title because I do not trust anyone that we know who might be listening to this. I am so fucking serious. You can't tell us the title. You're asking our listeners to do the same. All right, listeners. It's saved as a bunch of symbols. I will not tell you <laughs> so what the symbols cryptic. are. I have several notes that are saved with a bunch of symbols. So... Cried out of my cold, dead hands, all right? Um, but anyway, I'm really curious to know what yours are, and knowing that you will be anonymous when we present this on the pod, I hope that you are able to divulge this very sensitive information to us. Yeah. Also, 
I like your thing about numbering it because I just have mine bulleted and I have to go through and count like a mad woman. Every You're time. crazy. I don't know why I hadn't <laughs> thought of it. Really, I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> well, okay, everyone, number your list. Screenshots, send them to us. No, you don't have to do that. That would be funny, though. That would be really funny. I would laugh. Also, just seeing what you have them like titled as because I've got some guys in there that like aren't even a name. Oh, yeah. It's like a random thing that I remember them by. Oh, yeah. Because, like, what the fuck was your name? Do you ever Dutch just Harry kidding. Potter? Dutch Harry Potter, I do remember. <laughs> Not from my list, from B's. Okay. <laughs> yes, that was in our Amsterdam trip. Yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah, I want to say, like, I'm happy to be back with you, Elle. Oh, I'm happy that we're back, too. Yeah, I miss you. I miss you, too. This is, like, weird to do after, like, a month or so. Like, I feel like I'm just, like, getting back into the motion of it. I know. I burst out laughing so many times in the intro that um, I think I'm over the, the nerves we're part nerves of it. Now. And now it's like, we're just, we're back. We're back. We're, we're just here. being Elle. We're, we're back. <laughs> this is Elle. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Elle, let's kick off the episode with you and a little bit of a life update. Yeah, okay, so... Um, I think the last episode that I was on was the Valentine's Day episode. So R and I had a really good Valentine's Day. I think I may have gotten food poisoning. He did um, mention. Yes, yes. So he picked out a really nice, like, Japanese bistro. We got, like, a bunch of um, sashimi and, like, just raw fish items. And he doesn't eat, like, raw fish at all or sushi. So he What? Little, yeah. So he was a little bit adventurous in agreeing to try it all for me i can't wait sorry he doesn't eat sushi <laughs> he's had sushi but like not proper sushi my god but he's open to trying it he's been like very open to trying things when i ask him to yeah i just can't believe how straight men are so underdeveloped but i know i know i also taught him how to use chopsticks which was endearing okay um but he's pretty good now yeah. So a little bit of work and we're there. <laughs> but it's actually funny because like when I met both of his parents, his parents were like, yeah, like R doesn't eat any of this stuff. Like he's so picky and he's so like averse to trying new foods. And I was like, he's been fine with me. So because you have sex as a reward. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Try and that I'm, parenting. <laughs> and I'm pretty good in the sack. Um, <laughs> but so he tried all of that stuff for me. And then I was sick all night and like tossing and turning, thinking I was going to like throw up for the entire night, which felt like some kind of like karmic like punishment for making him try all this stuff. So anyway, that was fun. Um, since then, we have spent like every weekend together. Um, we'll like pick either my place or his place and like one of us will pack a bag and like spend the whole weekend together. Um, and as of last Friday, we are actually official. Yay. So the story is kind of funny. So we were at his apartment on Friday night and he got a text from his old upstairs neighbor. So he lives with his two like good guy friends and there was an apartment of three girls above them that they were close with. And they would hang out with them all the time. Um, those girls no longer live there. One of them texted him and said that she was in the area with one of her friends and what they were up to. And he was like, well, Elle is over. We're kind of just having like a chill night. Everyone's just hanging out here. And she was like, okay, cool. We'll be over in 10. And his roommates were like, no, 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 no. Shut it down. Shut it down. And he was like, ah, whatever. I don't want to say no. So they get there. Um this girl's friend doesn't know anyone in the apartment. So she immediately latches on to me because we actually have the same name. She comes and sits on the couch with me. R's in the kitchen making us cocktails. Kitchen's not far away. He's still like in earshot of all of us. Still New York City, guys. Right, right. <laughs> and so 
she's like, so which one of these guys is your boyfriend? And I freeze. And I'm like, uh, well, he's, um, I, I guess, uh, and she's like, oh, he's the one making cocktails, isn't he? And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I know she, I love that friend because I'm, I am that friend. I'm usually oh, like. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I'm like, so like, what's the deal? Yeah. Like, I vibe out the room, but like, it's okay. So she yeah. mentioned that and you were. So she said that. Out. And it's like, she, like, everyone's having side conversations, but she's loud enough that I know that everyone like heard it. Yeah. Everyone heard this going on. Are at you know of the most because he's in the co- in the kitchen making cocktails and just like purposely not looking up to acknowledge that the situation's unfolding right so then afterwards after like a little bit i get up and i go to the kitchen and i'm like so boyfriend and he's like yeah haha that was funny right and he was like I was like, well, I've been getting impatient. And he was like... You said that? I said that. You were you? Are you? Yeah. A wow. little bit, yeah. And he was like, well, I've been waiting. I wanted to, like, take you on a really nice date and ask you. And, like, I know that you get, like, nervous with that kind of stuff. And, like, you freak out about commitment. So I didn't want to, like, freak you out by asking. But it's been on my mind. And I was like, oh, that's funny, because if at the end of this weekend, after me staying over for the whole weekend, you still hadn't said anything, I was just going to, like, put you on blast in front of your roommates and be like, and be like, hey, guys, R hasn't called me his girlfriend yet. So, like, I guess we're on completely different planes with this. But anyway, I was like, okay, well, I mean, we can't unhear that. So I guess this is it. And he was like, you really want to do this now? And I was like, yeah. And that was it. Wow. Yep. So, um, and then I met his dad the next day, and we had lunch together. How was that? It was good. His dad is a man of few words, but he was really nice. His dad and I both have a mutual love for oysters. His dad has a boat, and he was like, (gasps) in the summer, I'll take you guys out. And And me and B. Yeah, he's like, we'll go. (laughs) We're all going out on the boat. (laughs) Me me and my close friend B will be coming along. (laughs) I'm single. We'll be single in the summer. (laughs) But, um, yeah, his dad's like, oh, we'll take you guys out we'll go like shucking for oysters and we'll go to like or like we'll just you know we'll go fishing all day and shucking we'll, for oysters yeah ah, or there. he's like we'll go like fishing all day and then we'll go to a nice restaurant I and accept. get oysters <laughs> and I was like yes this is it this is my in like things are good the fam loves me the roommates certainly love me of course um and yeah, things are really good right now. So other than like a couple like small hiccups here and there, we're good. And I mean, the hiccups weren't even full hiccups because I think that we're both on the same page in that communication is so important. Mm-hmm. And so whenever some kind of like either a tiff or like some kind of like weird situation comes up, like we both talk about it and we address it head on. And I think that that's like so key and so important because otherwise you're just like, putting a band-aid on things and kind of burying the hatchet so to speak i don't even know if that's the right fucking expression no, the hatchet is good oh like, well it's a not good thing then i don't no, know yeah no i get i get it because like i think in the very beginning people are wary to talk about things in a relationship because you're like oh i don't know am i making a big deal about this or not yeah but um communication so key and important especially when you haven't defined boundaries but now you have as well yeah so i think yeah taking it slow and like i mean the next step is really for him to mate your fam God, you know, know what that means he hasn't met <laughs> any of my family yet so that'll be interesting and i'm hoping that i can push that off until the end of april 
when my birthday is, but considering that it's um, the beginning of March right now, I don't really know if that's doable. So we shall see. I feel like at the very least, he might have to meet my mom before then. But also I try to keep like a six month time frame at minimum <laughs> to guys meeting my mom. Yeah, I mean, um, I think your mom would be totally fine. But I also do think parents get attached yeah really quickly so uh, three years post college relationship the family's still asking where my boyfriend from college is at every thanksgiving so i totally i'm definitely wary about the move to you know introduce him yeah um but that's definitely the next stages so yeah I guess we'll see what happens. We will see. (laughs) I'll report back or I'll just drunkenly like vent to you guys on our cocktail episodes. Again, tune in. Tune in. Pay $5. Yeah. It's a (laughs) cup of coffee. B, what's going on? Talk to us. Where are you at? Um, So I just came back from a Euro trip. If you guys have been following me on Twitter, I have been tweeting bits and bobs about my trip. But no, I haven't really talked about like different people or different guys. So I'll start off that it was I was gone for three weeks in three different countries. I did London for eight days, Lisbon for four days and then Copenhagen for eight days. And then I actually ended up coming back to London slash Birmingham, which is its whole other thing. So we'll just tell the story chronologically and see see where the fuck we end up. Yeah, um, I'm game. By the way, I have not told Elle any of this. But I've been dying to. So like, this is the first time she's hearing it. This is the first time you guys are hearing it. This is the first time I'm proper telling it. And let's just fucking go. All let's right, go dive in. <laughs> Do it. Okay. So as you all know, I lived in London for four years. I was started off eight days visiting friends there. I booked this trip like as a mental headspace. I wasn't ready for this trip. Like I booked it ages ago. The flights were cheap, but I was at a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to do like, I I don't want, I'm not ready for three weeks being abroad. Like it's going to be a lot of like backpacking, staying at friends' houses, kind of like living a bit rough. And also it's, it's a long time, three weeks. I even wanted to change my flights and make it shorter. And I was like, no. Let's just do it. So I decided to split up the trip into three parts. I had two really good friends from London who moved over to Copenhagen that I wanted to see. So I booked that for eight days. And then I also never been to Lisbon. It's been on like the hot radar for Europe. So I was like, fuck it, let's go Lisbon. I did did that solo. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Lisbon was pretty cool people always say it's a cheaper Barcelona which is not true Lisbon is so different to Barcelona like so fucking different like it's more to me like an Italian kind of like smaller city and it's more Mediterranean than it is like Spanish to me also Lisbon was built on seven hills like Rome so it's like San Francisco when you're walking like Mm. it's literally like oh this coffee shop is two blocks away but then you turn it and it's two hills away like it's insane okay so your ass must have looked phenomenal this whole time Uh, yeah i mean everyone's ass should be amazing that city because there's a lot of walking Mm. before we get into lisbon london i stay with my friend for two days and it's a bit of a mixed bag because i'm staying with her because she's moved a bit outside london she's not even in the london area she's in uh buckinghamshire 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 i think (laughs) i'm not joking fucking shit is now the name of the city. <laughs> so we spent the weekend there. It took me ages to get there from Gatwick. And then uh, it was super, super nice, super chill. Um, I was on antibiotics, so I couldn't drink that much. I was still drinking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
And then uh, I said three nights in a hostel because I had friends coming out of the woodworks being like, you can stay with me. But in London, kind of like New York, a lot of people live a farther away from central area. And I just kind of wanted to be in the middle so I can just like walk or take a bus to or like meet people really easily. Right. And there's so. also that like freedom of kind of having your own place to go back to and you yeah. can meet people during the day, meet people during the night, do whatever you want. And then you can retire to somewhere that's like convenient for you where you're not coordinating with your host. Yeah, it's true. I don't have to like ask for someone's keys or worry about being right, loud, right. like, you know, all that kind of stuff. The hostel experience wasn't the super best. We had one night these like two girls from Mexico come in and they were like loud as fuck, came in at one o'clock, did not no one and it was like a, a shared six or eight bed I think eight bed room um, which I regret booking but yeah they were super loud they didn't get to bed till three somebody not me ended up telling them <clears> off for trying to take a shower at two o'clock in the morning it's like bitch we know we got on a transatlantic flight but like we're all trying to sleep here it's two o'clock in the morning so then I had a hotel room book for my Thursday and Friday night there my friend who I was supposed to stay with the entire time who le- lives in uh Bucking shit. Bucking shit. Bucking shit. Bucking shit share. (laughs) She was going to go away to visit her family or something. And my parents were like, oh, we got some points. We'll like book a like a nice hotel for you. And I was like, yes. And so it's a lot of moving around in fucking eight days. Got to hotel room, super lush. And I had I was on OkCupid and other dating apps and shit. And like, ah, I feel so shitty saying this story. Okay, um, (laughs) so I there was a there was a couple guys because I said I was only in town for X amount of days. And you know when you're, you know when you're in town, you're like, you know when someone's there for a short amount of time, you're gonna fuck. So a lot of the t- first two guys were like very much like, all right, so like we're definitely sleeping together. Like, when is this gonna happen? And blah, blah. And I was like, I don't like planning to have sex with yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even met yet. Like, right, And it's like, even if you know and you have the same idea in mind, just like saying it, it's just like too much. It's too like fourth wall almost where it's yeah. like, okay, like, now, like, this kind of, like, this song and dance is gone. It feels like an exchange. So the, the, uh, the guy I ended up going on a date with was a guy who did not come with pre any pre-notions. He came from um, very end of, like, the south, like, uh, south of the Thames, uh, and I was north of the Thames, and this is a big deal. It's like crossing boroughs for somebody. Guaranteed it was still on his line, but he still had, like, a 30-minute commute to see me, and okay. I was like, that's really nice that he was gonna meet me, like, down the street from where I'm staying, and he was gonna travel 30 minutes, you know? So, yeah. We met for a drink. The first drink, I was like, okay, he's kinda cute. Spit weird, bit nerdy, but he's, like, a little cute between the second pint i was like "Mm, why not you know and um i suggest we have like a third drink at my hotel room uh so he comes back and we have a drink is this hotel bar or your actual hotel room my actual hotel room okay so like you had alcohol with you (laughs) yeah i bought whiskey okay okay (laughs) so um yeah i i think for that guy first of all the sex was we ended up having sex and the sex was really good he was very much like I like to think of myself as a dom but he was like a super dom like super into it and like it's kind of nice to have someone like take the lead and yes, like absolutely. tell you what to do and pull God, your hair and take that care shit. of you I love and it. like it was just really super hot sex I'm also really good at like separating sex and feels and like I, I think at this point definitely peak fuck girl but like it, we both knew what it was but 
also he was like a really genuine guy in the fact that we both knew what it was but he never had the intention of sleeping with me he even said that he was like you know if it happens it happens and like that's what I liked about it because it's still we're still meeting up for drinks we're still you know gauging each other a bit and I think if I lived in London maybe this wouldn't have happened so quickly maybe I wouldn't ever even gone on a second date with him but like I don't regret sleeping with him okay the thing is so he ended up staying over and leaving the next day to go to work thing is uh let's bring it all back to British Barca Bay and this is from our first Euro trip episode this is the guy if you want to hear all about him you can go on the fucking episode and listen to it I'm not going to say too much a brief interlude the the episode is Euro trip excursions Euro trip excursions I met him in a hostel long story short he's British I met him in a hostel in Barcelona we had a bit of a hostel romance I came to London the next time like later like literally the next week and he lived in I have to say it now Birmingham so he came down took the train and we met up in London got an Airbnb super lovely and then we didn't talk for 10 months uh so anyway I texted him like hey earlier that week I was like hey I'm London this time this time like are you free and he was like oh it's half term but I I can come down on Friday half term what does that mean it means like fucking spring break it means like it's like the break break no I think he used to teach at a school I don't even know why he said half term like it mattered because he didn't teach at a school anymore (laughs) whatever but it's like school break I knew I was seeing him on Friday and when I went on that date I felt like a bit guilty but like also at the same time like not because you don't owe him anything because you haven't spoken in 10 months and you haven't seen him in a year I know but like I plan to see him literally the next day and I uh yeah I mean you can talk about I mean he doesn't even know that I did this and okay we'll continue the story and that we'll get into all that later. So he left. I remember when I woke up the next morning, I knew this other guy was coming over. I remember finding like a housekeeping person. I was like, change all the sheets. <laughs> I was like, clean and burn them. Burn the evidence. I just like <laughs> I went out for breakfast. And by the time I came back, they liked it everything. I was like, thank the fucking Lord. So um, it's Friday now. And it was a recording of the Valentine's Day episode. So I did that that day. Um, and then the British Barca Bay came down. And he's going to be a reoccurring person. So we'll say his his letter is E. He's okay. an E now. Which is a letter. Yeah, he came down. And I was really nervous to see him again just because it's been 10 months and the last time we kind of left off was me sending him a text message and him not responding and I was surprised he even responded to meeting up with me in London but he was also surprised that I even messaged him so I guess we were both kind of like oh we thought this was kind of a one-time thing but maybe not and seeing him again, the lift had this like thing that you had to scan your card in to get upstairs. So he, I was like, okay, I was ready for him to open the hotel door and for him to be there. But he was like, oh, I'm stuck downstairs because I don't have the key. Right. And I was like, okay, like I'm coming. So I came downstairs and he looked like literally exactly the same, which is like really comforting. <laughs> right. Um, and something like comfortable about like familiarity and like. Yeah. yeah. I remember saying like flirting out or waiting for the lift, like. Uh, yeah, I'm really nervous because <laughs> I was and I just wanted to get it out there. And he's like, yeah, he's like, me too. Because it, it was a bit weird. Like, you know, I mean, the implication of sex, sure. But also we haven't seen each other in ages. And it's a bit like we, I guess, in a both way, we're like a bit guilty. It's like we both haven't tried that hard to, you know, see each other or talk to each other. 
But here we are again, because we clearly like each other in some sort of way. We ended up uh, going upstairs and having some whiskey. And then uh, we had dinner reservations I made. And it was at a tapas place. It's called the Humble Grape in Islington. Um, since we say the names of everywhere else, so I don't yeah, think yeah. London should be different. It was pretty good. Yeah, so we, we ended up having sex before dinner because it just like got to that point where like, fuck it, like, we'll just be Happens. late for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had like a super lovely meal. Um, not very nutritious in terms of like what we shared, but Europe things okay. <laughs> we like shared like like a steak tapa and like maybe two or three sides and a, a entire bottle of wine and this is what i love about the uk slash british people slash europe in general people can drink hard like any fucking time they want like it's like okay now we're drinking <laughs> right right americans take it too far so uh, we split a half bottle of wine uh, a bottle of wine so half a bottle each and then he wants another drink we ended up popping into like a dive bar-y kind of pub place with music and we get a drink there and it's it's really nice because we're just talking about things we haven't usually talked about and you know he's telling me like he's not very close to his family he's telling me that like oh he told his dad about me and like oh yeah like he's going on a date with this American girl and like how many Americans do you meet when you're British like not a ton so it's like oh the, the same girl from 10 months ago and he's like yeah so it's that struck me as really weird because I knew he wasn't the type of person to open up to his family about the people he's dating like ever so I was like that's interesting that you were telling your dad that this is a date or whatever I mean it was a date like but it's still weird that you're to share that with your family that's a little more intimate than like you know than just keeping it to yourself yeah uh, yeah and his dad even offered to give him some money for the date like do you need some money oh my god but Um, but the parents were separated and he was like nah like I can do this myself dad so um, I'm a big boy now I'm a big boy now (laughs) all of 23 years of age oh my god I forgot he was young (laughs) don't worry it'll become very apparent in the next upcoming minutes so uh, we go to another bar that I was with with some friends and earlier that week and we have like another pint and now they're closing down because it's like London never closes at, like 12 unless you're going out out so we go back to the hotel room have some good sex uh, I bought a cock ring <laughs> but yeah we tried that out and that was really fun and was it like a vibrating one? it was a yeah, vibrating right? cock ring yeah because oh. there's some that don't vibrate that just like keep your like all the right, blood there like the, yeah yeah the tightness this was like really it was really good we also had like sex without it and i just thought yeah it was just good and then um we fell asleep and then the next day i was leaving for lisbon so we had breakfast together uh and then he was meeting his dad and i was going on a plane so yeah that was our goodbye yeah pretty normal i go to lisbon's we're texting the entire time i end up meeting a bunch of people at the hostel so this hostel i stay at uh was super cool because i stayed at the same outpost in barcelona so i knew the kind of like family dinner going out bar bar right right, you know the general vibe yeah so i got i landed at like seven or eight so family dinners at nine i like i literally have 10 minutes when i get in to like change my clothes and then like go to family dinner and be like okay i'm ready to go out and meet people yeah <laughs> so what's the what's the hostel chain by the way it's yes slash yeah um okay I think Yes Hostel in Lisbon and Yeah Hostel in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, really good. 
uh, I end up staying with these like group of people who are super cool. It's like mix of like Americans and British and Australians, and they're all in their twenties and they're all attractive and they all know each other because they've been in the hospital. Right, for a you while. always gravitate towards the attractive bunch. I, they're always the power play, so right. which was totally true. Right, and they were like, "Go hard or go home." They were like, "Fuck the bar crawl. We've been there for two nights. Like we're going to this other bar on our own." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> I just remember my thinking. My mother is like probably like rolling over. In her like hypothetical grave, right, like, right. In her living grave, in her living grave. So we went out, and like I didn't like want to hook up with any of the guys. Like I was, um, yeah, I was like still messaging E, and like I already knew when you're like the first person into a friend group that's already formed, you don't want to be the the hoe. So I was like, and you also don't want to be immediately paired off with someone else, yeah. and then it's like, okay, well, this is this is that. Now you're that person's plus one. Plus, like so you're not really part of the group. I wasn't like attracted to any of the dudes there. Like I'm not into Australian guys. I know you are. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Australians don't do it for me. They're like, they're just Americans, but with an accent. They're just like bro dudes. Like, I just, no. Yeah, but with the accent, they're not, as, <laughs> it doesn't feel like an American bro vibe. Anyway, continuing anyway. on. So anyway, go out, get really drunk. Um, I'm hungover all of the next day. And then I uh, decide uh, the day after that, so Monday, to like wake up kind of early and do some touristy stuff. Um, I'm out all Monday and by the time I do all my touristy bits I'm like I'm already halfway through my list because Lisbon's fucking small so yeah, I come back right. to the hostel to have a little siesta nap around like three or four so I, I'm still messaging E at this point um, then I meet my new roommate because I haven't really met anyone in my room and it's like a six person mixed it's this German guy he's 25 he's attractive but that wasn't my first thought my first thought was like oh friend yeah <laughs> Brethren. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, Germans are the New Yorkers of Europe. Like, they are so honest, I don't know, like, funny and just kind of blunt. And, yeah, I, we just really got on. We just, like, drank the same amount of coffee. And we had, like, the same interests. And, like, our ongoing joke throughout us being friends was, like, everyone hates us because they're so <laughs> obnoxious and hateable. But, um, yeah, the first conversation I remember having with him was, like, oh, what was your longest relationship? And we ended up talking about his five-year relationship with his ex-girlfriend and like how he lived in Southeast Asia for a bit and it was just very frenzy from the very start and I thought we just got on really well obviously he was attractive um he was like six foot three and like super like fit and like Hex and abs later I found mm. out like, oh, <laughs> myself <okay>. spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert um but yeah he we went to dinner with my other friend who was left in the hostel everyone else from the night before kind of two nights before left um had a super amazing dinner and then he was trying to get me to go with him scootering uh to this place called Sintra which is like a thing you have to see when you're in Lisbon it's like this castle fortress thing outside Lisbon and I was like scooter like I'm thinking fucking razor scooter yeah. Like, how do we share that? Yeah. And then he was like, I was like, I have a driver's license. I can get my own scooter because he was like, we can share. Wake up the next morning, go to the scooter place. And it's like a fucking motorcycle. And I was like, no, we're fucking sharing. Yeah. I was like, can we share? Um, We ended up having like the best fucking day ever. Like, seriously, like one of the better days. Like we just like, I would say like 
of my life. Like, just because everything was went out, like, really well. It was, we drove, like, up, like, the coast of the beach. We stopped at a town. We had, like, an amazing tapas seafood lunch. Uh, then we drove up the mountain to this fortress, and we met these two hilarious guys who were from uh, Vancouver and Seattle, and they were, like, the most nerdiest dudes who were, like, shouting Game of Thrones and Lord of the Ring references on this fortress. Oh, my God, fuck off. Yep. Um, then we came back to the hostel. We decided we're, like, going to be friends. We're going to, like, try to make new friends. Okay. Um, and uh, that ended terribly. We didn't end up making any friends with anyone else but each other. Sometimes and, it's just a bad batch. Yeah. Um, happens. And then we ended up going out. And then uh, we knew a few people, like tertiary characters around the hostel that were still around. Um, there was this American girl he started talking to. She was, like, she was, like, cute. Very, like, different in looks to me. I think very, like... Okay, when you say American girl, where was she from? <sighs> That's, that's key. Fuck me. I don't know. Not New York. I'll tell you that. Okay. I've heard enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, she was cute. She was cute. But, like, she was no B. <laughs> and uh, I got, like, a bit jealous because, like, that's my German. And I ended up, like, kind of saddling over there and talking to him. And, like, he was kind of putting his arm, like, around my waist a bit. And we didn't have, like, flirty vibes the entire time we spent the day together. We just were friends. But I guess in that moment, it was, like, people assumed that we, because we spent so much time together, that we hooked up or we were together. Right. Even those, like, the Canadian and the American we met at the Fortress, they were like, oh, like, you guys going out? Like, it was just because we were together. Uh, but it wasn't the case. And then we went out to the next bar. And I remember we're waiting in line for the bathroom. And that is when we decide to make out with each other for the first time. Okay. And there's this group of girls who try to cut me because I'm the next in line. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I stopped making out with them. I was like, excuse me? Like, I'm waiting for the bathroom. Like, <laughs> um, but we last, like, maybe to the next bar before we're like, fuck it, let's go back. And we share a room with four other people, so we couldn't have sex there. So we ended up, like, pushing me into, like, this this closed-off bathroom that's, like, a one-person bathroom, like a standing shower, toilet, sink situation. And we start making out there, and then, like, our clothes come off, and then he, like, fucks me from behind over a sink, and I'm, like, looking Ooh. at myself being fucked. Like, I just... It was so hot. Like, also, he was so hot. Like, just... Ah, like, but again, like it was very, it was like very like sex driven. Like okay. I think. Um, pause real pause. quick. Just pause real quick and interject. When I was in Oslo and I was staying in a hostel there, tried to have a similar situation, but people were banging on the door the whole time to shower because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, didn't work for us. So God bless proud of you yeah um i mean we later found out the walls were pretty thin and probably everyone still heard us having yeah, sex yeah well at least people weren't like you know actively banging yeah. on the door uh no but it was really hot and then we we're both on the top bunks next to each other so uh we like get back into our room get ready for bed and then um i was like oh do you want to like you know you want to cuddle yeah you want to cuddle and he came over to my bed and we like slept i slept really well we like cuddled and then we woke up the next morning had sex again in the shower this time in the actual shower um and then um yeah dropped off the scooter had breakfast uh he helped me find a suitcase because i need to buy a new suitcase and then we had lunch together it was just it's really nice and he was really nice like and the thing is 
to compare it to the last Euro Euro trip meeting E in Barcelona, a lot of people are probably listening like this is interchangeable. But in my mind, it's so different because I I thought as well like what if I met this German guy in Barcelona and then I met E in Lisbon or something like what if it was switched and was it because he was my first hostel kind of like hookup that it mattered a lot to me? But I thought like no like me and this other guy the German guy like we were we started off as friends and it wasn't like me and E we started off wanting to fuck each other it was just different from the start and I don't think I would have had that same feelings towards the German even if he was the first kind of hostile dude I met right um mind you this entire time I'm still messaging E and I can't tell him because I feel insanely guilty for again no reason but for like, no reason because like <laughs> at the end of the day you guys aren't dating you're not seeing each other consistently you don't owe him anything but at the same time when I you're harboring but at the same time when you're harboring like maybe even serious feelings towards someone you do feel like you owe them something which like is that just a female thing or do you think he was feeling the same i'm curious well we'll see but um We'll see if the story goes on. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but for me, it was it was very friendshipy, and we he was super awesome, and we still we still chat, we still message, and he's knows of the podcast. So if you're listening, hello. Hi. <laughs> you're amazing at sex. Uh-huh. Let's do it again, ten out of ten. <laughs> German engineering. Let me tell you, they're Ooh. doing great things in Germany right now. Yeah. <laughs> great things. So then I, I went to Copenhagen and I was there for eight days. And then also I was still messaging E in my mind. I wanted to tell him because I knew he would hear about it because um, of the podcast. So back to the podcast, which we're on, which is very meta. Hey. Um, hey. E knew about the podcast when I met him in Barcelona 10 months ago. But he didn't listen to it. And then the podcast, he like mentioned it or I mentioned it. It came back up and he even he even remembered the name. Like I didn't even have to say the name. So regardless, he would have started listening to it. He started listening to it after I left him in London. Mm-hmm. And I say started listening to it. I'm saying he went through, he burned through half one. of the episodes. Not even episode one. He just like did random episodes and he listened. Like I was telling you, he's a fan. Like he's listening to his episode right now. Like he, it was really cute to like have like almost like a fangirl and be like, oh, like you said this in this episode and like, you know, him mentioning things about my brother and like all this, like things he mentioned from other episodes. Like it was really nice, but also, I was like, okay, fuck, what are you listening to? Like, right, right. Also, you listen to the episode about you. And I do want to say here and now, the podcast is 100% true. We don't over embellish. But like, the point is, the podcast is a time and it's a place. It's not reality. So when you listen to an episode 10 months ago, it's how we were listening, how we were feeling 10 months ago. Right. It's all subjective to our personal. uh, Yes, these are true things that happened, but like the the opinions and the emotions and everything are subject to how we felt in that exact time and at that exact place when we were, were actually recording live. Yeah. So, um, that I think was is is an issue moving forward that he listened to the podcast. I'm I so relate because R doesn't 
he knows about the podcast, but I haven't told him the name. Don't do it. And I've been doing everything in my power to keep him from finding it out. I mean, even one night we were out and we had our pins. We got these like little um like little buttons and B pinned one to my jacket and I had to take it off right away because I was like, if R sees it, he will know the name of the podcast. And once he knows it, he can't s- like any normal human being, like, right, like curiosity, like you can't stop yourself from going and looking. And once he sees it and he hears it, things are never going to be the same. Yeah. No, and that's a scary, it's a scary, scary thought. But like we're bearing everything because we feel like there's like a greater good to this. And like we think that what we're saying is important and sometimes that comes at a cost i don't regret anything i ever said but but it is it affects our unfiltered thoughts this podcast affects our real life which is like a a reality maybe our listeners don't completely understand and it hasn't hasn't really affected my real life in a long time because we don't tell people about the podcast for a reason and i really right I don't like I don't want to say I regret having him hear about it. But I think this is not this is not the right time. Um, and it, it imagine you listen to an episode about yourself, you know, like and that episode was recorded a week after I met him, you know, like feelings were high. Emotions were high. Like I felt those things for sure. But like the reality was 10 months has gone by since we've talked to each other. Like, those feelings have changed. The amount of guys I've saw since been a bunch. I've been on dates and I've met other people. Like, right. I was you, on a you've European lived holiday. your life. I was living my life. But, like, that is still fresh in his mind, mind you. So, got to Copenhagen. I was staying with a friend. So, I was, like, crashing on her couch. And uh, shout out to her because she's amazing. And she's actually on the last episode. Same ho in different area codes. So, check that out. Uh, my friend works full time, so I was kind of like doing my own thing. And I've also already been to Copenhagen before. So, of course, I wanted some dating apps. Went on a really nice date with a guy, Jay. We so a lot of people don't smoke weed if you're Danish because because like, yeah, um, there's this bit in, in Copenhagen, this island where you can actually buy weed legally. Christiania, fuck yeah. So our date was like, I was going to bike there, I was going to meet him, we were going to smoke a joint, and we smoked a joint, had fries, we're on a hill, it was super nice, and my friend needed me to unlock the door to her apartment, so I had to go back to the apartment. But I was like, hey, we're going out later, because it's a Friday, um, you should come out with us. So he did, and we had a few drinks, and... Wait, I'm sorry, who did? This this guy went on a Tinder date with. This man. Okay, okay, he okay. was Got not it. Danish, he was Dutch, um, which is totally my type. I love Dutch guys. So uh, he went out with us, and he was like, I guess, <laughs> the longer I spent with him, the more I disliked him. <laughs> it's the easiest, the easiest way to say it. I, just, I think it was a lot of date in one day. It was like you spent like half the day together, then you spent the night together. Um, my friend left halfway through that I was staying with to stay to like meet up with her fuckboy, which um, she did. But then her fuckboy wanted to come to her place, not his. Oh. So I was like sex styled from the room and we were in the living room. So I was like trying to be quiet. And I remember his dick came out and my first reaction was this is massive. Like this is too big. This is the biggest dick I've ever seen in my entire life. 
like the biggest dick I've ever seen. Like, actually, I was like, how the fuck is this going to get inside me? Like, I was actually turned off by it. And I kept mentioning, like, do you know how big of a dick do you actually have? And he was like, no, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard it before. And he, his dick was so big. He was, we were breaking condoms before he even got inside of me. Like, Jesus Christ. Actually putting a condom on was like holding the edge of the edges of a condom, like pulling it open, quickly putting it on. And his dick was so big that as one, as soon as it was on to the base, it would just snap back to the tip. Like that is how big it Did was. Did he have magnums or just regular ones? Like he was fucking using Durex like a fa- basic bro. And I had I had XL condoms. You gotta know yourself. Know yourself. And I had like extra large skin condoms, like the large, well, the large skin condoms, and. It still did not fit his dick. Like, it was it was crazy big. And we tried to have sex and it kind of worked, but I was just like not into it. And I was like, I'm not going to raw dog you like. And we yeah, yeah, up- yeah. When you're having that kind of technical difficulty, it's a lot to work around. Yeah. And I was just, yeah, I was just not, I was not into it. So we ended up just like kind of falling asleep um, the next day. Um, her fuck boy and my fuck boy <laughs> hung out a bit. We had coffee. Uh, and then. Oh, it's a, it's a union of the fuck boys. The union of the fuck boys were on her balcony. It was actually pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it was it was chill. Okay, so the previous day, me and E had um, a sort of argument on the phone. So in this time, it's Copenhagen's last part of my trip. And I was feeling this feeling of like, I don't want to go home. I... I don't know. I feel like my what was waiting for me in New York wasn't like a life. Like I had to get a part time job because I'm starting my own company and I had no money coming in. And I just thought like I had a six month leave to stay visa stamp uh, when I came to the UK. And I was like, they just gave me six months to live here. And all I wanted to do for years and years was move back to the UK. And now I have this opportunity. So from the start, when I got that stamp at Gatwick, I was thinking, about this seriously in the back of my mind and then in Copenhagen I was kind of talking about it with my friend and I wanted to make it a reality and I didn't know how to make that happen but I knew I was unhappy with my life in New York and I knew I wanted to stay and it was not planned at all so I wanted to talk to E about this and in my mind, we had like a really great time in London, but also I was thinking like we do have a great time with each other in general. Like I've dated a lot of people to know that like when I meet someone I like, you know it, I think pretty immediately. And I think for any dater who's been consistently dating, it's easier to know what you like and what you don't like because you know what you don't like pretty early on. And we met in this kind of bubble. Like we met on holiday. We met like in a hostel. We've only been with each other. We've never met each other's friends or family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was very much like a holiday romance. And it's very, very much like constrained to just the two of us. So I wanted to not even give us a fair chance, but like to see if this would even work in the real world is with my mind. Cause I was like, since the 10 months I last saw you, nothing really has stuck with me. But like, you know, seeing you again kind of reignited those feelings. And I don't know, I was in that mindset of like, I want to stay and I want to I also think about it. It was Valentine's Day. I just 
had this episode that I recorded, episode 32 with S, um, where she talked about her guy getting on a fucking plane for her. Um, I met this girl at a hostel in Lisbon who told me how her and this guy she met while she was staying a month in London on OkCupid, how they're making it work. And now she's like trying to do her master's in the UK and is on a six month visa there. And I just had all these like stories of like love basically around me or like in my head and like all these signs kind of saying like you should you should try it if you like it you know and I liked it um so I called we we talked on the phone and I was like hey like I want to see if this can work like in the real world and long long conversation short he was just like I am not ready for a relationship because I'm not ready to let someone into my life and I don't want to open you up to all my family shit that's going on and I thought was pretty bullshitty of an excuse and I still think it's a bullshitty excuse I think like your life is never going to be perfect for dating somebody you're never going to have your career in order and your personal life in order and everyone has family shit right and this goes back to a theme that we've talked about so many times where it's feeling like you need to be your best self before you can even Mm. get out there and you can date someone and that's incredibly difficult yeah and like mind you he is 23 his longest relationship is three months like he needs boyfriend training and he hasn't had that kind of long-term relationship to realize like that shit doesn't it matters but it doesn't matter to the person that likes you you know like that's not a deterrent for me liking you like if anything it makes me like you more so he was basically like I can't and I can't and I was like okay well fine um and we left off and I was like well I can't be friends with you because we were messaging back and forth and I was like, I can't be friends with you. I can't like still talk to you this way. And he was like, I can't message you ever. And I was like, I don't know. Cause I, I didn't know. And he was like, I'll message you in a couple days. And I was like, do whatever you want. And we kind of ended the conversation there. So that was on Thursday. Um, from a Friday, I met this Danish, this Dutch guy. Uh, we hooked up kind of. And then um, sun- so we didn't talk again until Sunday. In that Thursday to Sunday, I was like, uh fuck him I still want to move to the UK like this is still a viable option so I I thought I still wanted to move to the UK and I was looking at London apartments and spare room and things like that and it started as a joke because me and my British friend I was staying with Lily she was like uh we looked up old neighborhoods that we used to live in we're like oh my god the rent for that neighborhood now like that neighborhood's a shithole and all the hipsters live there which is like southeast and then uh as a joke we're like let's look up birmingham because birmingham is known as being shit universally in the uk it's also like yeah i guess he was maybe on on my mind a bit because we just she knew he was from birmingham and the rent prices literally like my jaw dropped like when I saw how cheap it was to live in Birmingham like the rent was like half of London for like double the amount of room and I was like holy fuck like maybe I should seriously be considering this so then I did my research as I do and I went to all like the list of like places to live in the UK I wanted somewhere close to London because everyone I knew was from London I didn't want to live like up north like in Leeds or Edinburgh and then I, I mean, Birmingham kind of checked all the marks. Like, it was a good creative scene. It was affordable. It was close to London. Yeah, I decided, like, I should just go to Birmingham anyways. Like, 
I think in my mind, choosing not to go to Birmingham for a guy was just as bad as choosing to go to Birmingham for a guy. So I knew it was a little bit like insane to be like, okay, like we just had this conversation and he doesn't want to be with me. But like also like I can't ignore the fact that Birmingham has checked all these boxes. So I changed my flights. I decided I'm going to Birmingham. I still haven't told my parents at this point. And he messages me on like Sunday and he was like, hey, I want to know like how you're doing. And I was like, listen, um, I've decided to go to Birmingham and kind of work a cash in hand job and, you know, try to live there. And, uh, you know, this isn't about you. But yeah, this is what, I don't want to hide this from you, but this is what I'm trying to do. And his response was like, basically like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, like, it was like not even a response that I thought, okay, this is interesting. But again, I, w- I wasn't doing it for him. I ended up talking to my dad like a two days later, the day before my flight. And he convinced me, my parents were pro- fucking pissed. My mom was fucking livid that I was trying to stay. And my dad was as well. And I had, it was the end of my trip and I had like no money left and I needed their help. So I had to tell them and they were like, just no. In, in, I think the main argument was I couldn't work legally. So that was an issue. That is, that is a real issue. And right. my dad ended up convincing me and he's the only one who could ever, I guess, convince me in that state that, you know, I was like, you know, I should do this a proper way. He'll try to help me get back to the UK if that's what I want to do. But, you know, you do it the right way. And I was like, yeah, it's fair enough. And this is like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, the day before my flight. Like, you can just imagine my emotional state. In four days, I went from I'm not living in New York anymore. I'm going to try to live in Birmingham to Birmingham. I'm not. I like invest in my like literally I got an Airbnb. I got flat showings. I was looking at apartments. Right. Like, you I, told me about it. You called me. I was like in a home goods that day and we spoke and like. It sounded like it, it was it was shocking and crushing and a lot. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of underlying things that went into me wanting to do that. Like I lived in the UK before I wanted a change. I knew what was waiting for me back home. But I had no interest in it. And a lot of those things, again, they're like personal things. They're things I don't really talk about, but they're, they're things I definitely didn't talk about with E. So coming out of the woodworks and being like, hey, I want to move to your city to see if we can work out like that's a lot to put on somebody you didn't really spend maybe you spent like a week with tops like over the course of a year like insane so I don't I don't begrudge him for saying no I really don't because like I was going through a thing but I decided I wanted to do that after talking to my dad a couple days later and this is the day before my flight like literally about to go to London to switch over to go to Birmingham or and or go back to America he convinced me to changed my flight back to America and saying like, let's do it this proper way. And I was like, okay, in my tired, hysterical, emotional, distraught bit, I booked the wrong flight, which I didn't realize until I took a plane to London, got to Gatwick, got to the right terminal, tried to check in. And they were like, your flight took off this morning. I booked it for 6, 10 a.m., 
not p.m. So my flight was like gone before I even woke up that morning. And I yelled at three different people. And it was just it was I I was so like, just imagine how like emotionally distraught you are to be like, okay, I'm not moving to Birmingham. I'm going back home. I even went to Marks and Spencer's. I brought my parents like biscuits and I brought like the crisp that I like. And I was ready. I was so mentally like I'm mentally tired. I'm fucking ready to go back. I even sent a message to E, um, which I will bring up now because I think that's relevant. So I say to E, after he's like, okay, cool, I just want to know you're okay, (laughs) to my, like, I'm moving to Birmingham, I say, well, that was lovely and a long response. Anyways, my parents threatened to cut me off, so forget Birmingham and any semblance of independence, though it was a half-baked plan. Pretty sad. I had my neighborhood all picked out, literally flat showings booked, but they're right. If I want to move back, I should do it properly. We'll always have Barcelona and London and London again. Uh, You know you still have a friend in New York. Uh, You were right to say no to me. I don't hate you for it. My life is clearly a fucking mess. And it was easier to paint us as some epic love story than what it really was at the end of the day. I did really want that to be true. Um, And then he said, I'm sorry your plan got shut down, but I think your parents are right. And it's probably for the best. I'm sorry I didn't say yes, move to Birmingham, but I still stand by what I said. I'm not in the place where I can be there for someone. As shit is it as shit as it is, your life, your friends, and your family are in New York, and my life is here. I want you to be happy and fulfilled, and I want you to feel good about yourself. That shit I know deep down. The shit thing I know deep down is I know I'm not the person to help you with those things, but I still care about you. Maybe not in the way you want, but I still want I still care enough to want to know if you're okay. Please don't feel sad or angry about this. I was like, it's a shitty life to go back to. I was looking for any excuse to avoid it. And then I said, like, you know, talking to you is more of a painful reminder than a happy memory. And I do hope you truly find someone to be happy with. Um, so this is like us kind of like, we're not going to talk to each other anymore. This is clearly not going in the right direction. Blah, blah. And then I hit him with, uh, so long story short, I missed my flight. I'll be in Birmingham until Saturday. <laughs> You're like physically cringing. I'm in pain. <laughs> I'm in pain. Yep. Um, yep. I was, and then I was in your city and uh, ended up staying in his neighborhood. I didn't even know I was staying in his neighborhood. Like Birmingham is quite big, but I looked up like a bunch of articles on where to stay. And I won't tell you where it is. I won't tell you guys where it is. But like, all it was very highly ranked, the neighborhood that he lived in slash next to. So I didn't know that at the time. And I went there and I was like, oh, I'm staying here. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a, a total stalker move, like a total stalker move. Like it totally hurts me after watching you this, on Netflix. This hurts me. So, <laughs> so I get to Birmingham and um, I'm just fucking tired and like it's been such an emotional day. So I just ended up like getting high and going to bed without eating anything and just whatever. Um, the next morning, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of kept 
what I had planned, which was my flat showings. So I saw flat showings. I tried to get a job, um, you know, and we had I texted him earlier about hanging out that week and he suggested Friday. And I was like, hey, like, can we hang out like earlier? Like I've literally got no one else I know in Birmingham and I'm only here for like three more days. And he ended up like meeting me at his like favorite local pub, which is down the road from where I was staying. So we met for a drink. And I think for me, I didn't want to sleep with him that night. I would say I was kind of waiting till Friday, but I also wanted to like clear the air about a lot of shit. And like we did talk a lot about everything. You know, we talked about like how this even came to me be being me being in Birmingham and like all this shit that I was holding back and then all of the shit that he was holding back and like all this family family stuff that he told me that he hasn't even told some of his closest friends like we were really like opening up to each other and it felt nice and we didn't like kiss or flirt or anything during this conversation it was just nice and then I was staying like 15 minutes up the road and he insisted on walking me home. And I was like, no, it's all right. Like I can walk home. And then he was like, no, no, no. Like, let me walk you home. And I was like, okay, fine. So we walk 15 minutes to my Airbnb, which by the way, I don't rent out by myself. Like I'm sharing with like the host that lives there. Cause I have no money at this point. So, um, he was like, oh yeah, I just got an Uber from yours. And he had work the next day because it's a Wednesday. And I was like, well, do you want to wait upstairs? And he says, yes. So we go upstairs and he like literally doesn't take too long to get into my room and take his shoes off and get into my bed. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. And I get into bed and we cuddle a bit and then cuddling turns to having sex. As it always does. As it always does. And I would, I do want to say like, I feel like that sex was more for him than it was for me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, when someone's just kind of like, you know, when it's fucking you taking advantage of the situation a little bit, even if like, maybe even if it's happened before. No, because, because even if it, like, even if you have dated someone, you've been in that situation where you know that even if you've had, mutually beneficial sex before you can read a vibe and you can read if that particular time and place is not necessarily meant for both of you yeah i just thought again it wasn't like i was not trying to have sex with him like in my mind i was saving the sex for friday but like also like i really don't think he was super attentive to me i was super nervous about having sex with our my airbnb host like hearing it and it just wasn't it wasn't i don't i don't know i just felt like really like like why like did it have to happen that way you know And he had work the next day, didn't stick around to cuddle or anything. So we kind of left. And then we still had those existing plans for Friday. Um, I don't know what I did Thursday. And then Friday uh, happened pretty quickly. And then uh, we ended up meeting for a drink at the same pub. And like, this is like, this is my date outfit. Like, right. This is like my heels. This is my cute top. Like, this is like, we've had sex already. Like, I kind of know what the deal is at this point. So we have a round of drinks there. I convinced him to go to have a joint with me. And so we're high. We get back into the pub. And then I was like, I had a flight the next morning really early. And I was like, great. So we like go to yours. And then he was like, 
I don't know. I feel bad about the other night. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I was confused. So we ended up going to another cocktail bar. We talked about this more. And this is where the shit really fucking hits the fan. Where he, and I'm stoned as fuck at this point, drinking an espresso martini. And I'm literally sat next to him on a stool. And I was like, I don't, I don't see what the problem was. We had, you were balls deep in me two to fucking days ago. Like, what's the issue with us having sex tonight? And then he says, like, I feel like I'm taking advantage of the situation. I feel like you have more deeper feelings for me than I have for you. And I think of us as friends. And that's kind of where I was like, uh excuse me what you fuck all your friends like what yeah do you fuck all your friends and i first of all friends do not fuck and i want to put that on the podcast the psa to all guys out there friends do not fuck friends also do not refer to hanging out with a friend as a date to their family which he's done come to a take another train to another city to fuck said friend you do not sext and send dirty messages to a friend you do not pay for dinner and drinks for that friend you do not get jealous of that friend for hooking up with other people and he sat there across from me fucking trying to tell me that we are friends and we've been friends the entire time and that just fucking hurt because it wasn't true and it made me feel like everything that we had was not the reality of what happened but I was fucking there and I still stand by it I was like you can and I think I think a lot of guys kind of put like you can't have both you can't get on with a girl and you can't have amazing good sex with them well then fuck off you just haven't found a cool enough girl that's what i mean and they feel like they have i felt like he had he felt like he had to choose one or the other and my friendship quote unquote meant more to him than like the sexual part but like the like it was never not sexual and if you go back and listen to that motherfucking episode you will know the minute we saw each other we wanted to hook up with each other we made that clear later that night like we there was always there was no point there was no way we would ever have been friends ever in every any fucking situation because we never started out as friends we never were purely platonic like me and this german guy we could have been friends we can still be friends and maybe that's unfair to say that me and this german guy could be friends and we had sex and we we've had sex and we i can't be friends with you because it never was never purely friendship it never really was so but like for him to sit there and like tell me that and i i genuinely was so high i was confused i was just i was like so you're attracted to me yes and we get on yes but you want to be friends with me yes and i was like you don't want to sleep with me yes imagine the guy you like is sitting across from you telling you that they don't want to sleep with you yeah i mean i've been there <laughs> so like yeah like it and just soul crushing it's soul crushing and it's also like i couldn't compute because it wasn't like days or weeks went by it was two fucking days yeah you have fucked i literally me. i literally two fucking days ago what's changed uh-huh. and suddenly when i want to fuck you you don't want to fuck me and it just it was just I mean, I was, I knew if, I knew at that point when we had, and we were just going in circles about this whole situation, and I knew if I left, I would just end up in, like, at my Airbnb being super miserable for my last night there, and I just wanted to have fun, so I was just like, well, shall we just get drunk? And he agreed, so we, uh, and in my mind, I I thought I could maybe, like, convince him (laughs) that, like, this is what I wanted, because 
again, I think he thought me coming to Birmingham was for him and it wasn't solely for because of him. And I think he thought I listening to like that episode 10 months ago, I think he thought my feelings for him were more deeply than they were. In reality, I was having a kind of existential crisis about my life and I tried to hold on to anything that could keep me in the UK, himself included. Like, did I mean what I say when I thought that we would be good together? Yeah, I do. I still do. And I know he doesn't feel the same, but I also think he's a fucking coward. So we went to uh, the next bar and we had another drink and it was cool. We were chatting, played Never Have I Ever, where he did admit to fucking his other female friends. And I was just like, this is such a 23 year old fucking move. I can separate sex and relationships, but like, I've never fucked any of my guy friends. I can say that confidently. Never. So like, I don't know. How do you feel about guys fucking their friends? I think that in this situation, it's shitty for him to play that card with you and say that he just wants to be friends with you after something that clearly started out and was never even on a potential friends only basis. And then to admit that he's fucked his friends. I think clearly there's like a, an intermingling kind of issue on his part where maybe he doesn't have clearly defined boundaries between friendship and sex. And that's like, like a him problem. And I think that that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes you meet someone and you have a great, um, you have great chemistry with them and maybe things don't pan out in a sexual and or romantic way. And then you can still be friends afterwards. But if this is clearly a thing for him that like, I mean, you guys only had sex and had a romantic relationship. So for him to suggest that it was ever anything absent of either of those and that it was something else entirely is is just deluding himself. And then to furthermore go ahead and admit that he's done that with other people, it seems like kind of a him problem. Anyway, we um we go back to his place um, to have like we buy some beers from an offie and we go back to his place and he's very much like I'm not hooking up with you and I'm like okay like whatever we're in your apartment and it, I felt like he was very he's very much like I told my therapist about this and she says that he's very much like compared to first of all she says I think he needs therapy which is I mean recommendation but um I think he does compartmentalize a lot of his life like this is work and this is holiday and this is like sex and this is uh, friendship and this is love and he's never been in love and I feel like he wouldn't recognize it even if it showed up and smacked him in the fucking face like I I really don't because he was even like embarrassed to bring me to his apartment because like my room is blue and I'm a Spider-Man poster. I was like, first of all, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Second of all, like, do I, I don't care if you live in the house that you grew up in and your parents don't live there anymore. Right, like, your room is fucking blue like a 12 year old. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't care about your family problems. I don't care about your room. Like, I care about you you know like that was that's the difference and there's definitely girls out there that would definitely turn their face up about the room made a big deal about it but like that wasn't like me we ended up like drinking a bit and talking and um I had to like he ended up like like getting ready for bed and I was just like okay like we ended up like cuddling and sleeping next to each other and then I got up in the morning like my alarm was like for six and um, I was like, I'm going to take an Uber uh, to my Airbnb, take an Uber to the, uh, to the airport. And 
he walked me down and we had like a hug and I've been thinking about the friendship thing he's put in my mind and I told him like I don't think we can be friends and And I think that's honestly I agree with you and um, he was like, I think that's really immature. And genuinely, I Fuck think, off. I think that was the most mature thing I've ever done in my life. Like, I've tried to be friends with my ex in multiple different ways of guys I've dated and have even, you know, properly been with to boyfriend boyfriends. Don't think that's something that we could do. And like, what is the end goal here? Like, really? Because I don't want to like... It's not like I I have fucking friends. I have guy friends. I don't need you as a friend. And I don't want you as a friend. You know, like, I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. I want to, like, kiss you. I want to hold your hands. I want to go on dates. I want to, like, have sex with you and give you blowjobs. And I want to do all that shit. Like, that's I can't do that as a friend. I don't want you in my life if you don't want those things. Right. You know, like, where is this going to end up going? <laughs> Right. And I felt like, I think in general, like men need to stop thinking they deserve to have a way, have you the way they want. Like people are not grab and go bags where you get to choose elements of a relationship you want and keep it. You can't divide the friendship. You can't take away the sex and think everything is going to be okay. He doesn't want to sleep with me. Took me a while to understand that, to be frank, and I still don't. (laughs) Um, But that's fair enough. And that's fair enough that I don't want to be his friend. I have a plethora of guy friends. I have no shortage of guy friendship. And I don't need you as a friend in my life. I want you one way and you want me another. And neither one of us is going to be happy. So that's the way it's going to be. I don't think I don't think he was perfect for me. But I do think he was the closest thing to perfect in a long time. Um which is why it's kind of like turned my head. I also don't, I don't like, he kept saying like, you know, I don't think I'm the person to be there for you, but like, that's also a really fucking immature way of thinking of relationship. Like I don't, I don't need you. I don't need any man, but I, I want you. Right. And that's the difference. Like right. relationship and is not someone needing somebody else. And it's also like, if, if you care enough about a person, you find a way to make it work. So him saying that, like, he's not, like, in a place to be there for someone, that's utter bullshit. And anytime anyone says that, it's utter bullshit. It's whether or not that person is the person that you want to do that for. Yeah. And, like, maybe he... I'm not the person he wants to do that for. But, you know. So we had this hug. (laughs) And then... um, I told him I don't want to be his friend and that's kind of where he left off. He said he'll message me when I land um, and maybe like a day later or something, he messaged me um, when I was back in New York. He said, uh, hey, I really been thinking all day the last time we were together. I wasn't very open. I really liked hanging out with you in Birmingham. And I wish I told you that in person. I hope you traveled OK and that you're doing OK. What do you think of that message? I don't really think it's a big development on what he said initially. I think that the message is still, I'm not looking to commit to anything serious or anything more than this or anything that you're looking for. And maybe I want to be nice because maybe afterwards, like, I feel guilty for the way that things played out. And maybe this is a clearing of my own conscience in saying, I hope you're okay and I'm sorry for whatever played out. But I don't think at the end of the day, he's still, I don't think he's able to give you what you want and you need 
And it's almost like a, a selfish sense of redemption on his part that's driving him to send that kind of message to you. Oh, I didn't respond to it. And then um, he double texted me <laughs> um, a couple days later when I like ignored him. And he says, hey, I know you're back in New York. I just want to hear if you're okay or not. Let me know. Listen. You're alive. He fucking knows that. I'm alive. You haven't been murdered in a fucking plane crash <laughs> by, like, terrorists. Like, you're you're alive. You're fine. Exactly. And, and this is, like... This I'd, is him. This is for him to feel okay. And I, uh... I was like, I don't know what you... What does okay even mean? Like, what does it mean that you're doing okay? Like, I just... So I end up saying, I don't know what you want from me. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say, E. I heard all you had to say last time we were together. I'm doing okay if that's what you need to hear. Yeah. I think that's the perfect response. I mean, you didn't owe him any response. And so you responding to him at all is, is gracious on your part. And well, I hate being ghosted. I feel like so much has happened between us that I don't. For sure. Yeah, for sure. deserve that. No, I agree. I agree. But I think either way, it's a gracious, like, part of you to say something to say anything to him at that point because he's made it clear that he's not looking in taking this to a different level or anything so at this point it's kind of a nothing and it's really just him needing to feel better about himself by feeling like okay he's done his like he's done his part so yeah i mean and 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 that's that and and it sucks and I think we've all kind of been there in one way or another where you have feelings towards someone that aren't reciprocated and it's incredibly difficult. There's nothing that makes it easier other than time and sheer volume of having it happen to teach you that self-respect is knowing what you want and knowing not to compromise it. And that in that kind of situation, a clean break is probably the easiest solution. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, like, I feel shit about it because part of me, like, wonders, was this all in my head? Which I think every girl has ever always wondered. And I part of me is like, no, it wasn't. Like, this is, like, a thing. Like, you can say things, but, like, that's not the way they actually happened. And I think maybe I don't know like I I watched 500 Days of Summer on the plane back uh, because there's this glamour article which is amazing and everyone should read because it says like what relationship you're in and what movie relates to it so it's like uh, dating someone you're not meant to be with and it was 500 Days of Summer and then I watched that movie because it was on the fucking all one of 10 movies on the flight back to New York and I watched it I was like holy fuck like it just like it just shook me because I, I obviously watched the movie before but like watching it again just seeing how like a relationship can be from so different perspectives based on if you're the person who likes someone more than the other and that kind of made me feel like that what, what it was but I, I know it wasn't and I just it makes me feel like I ruined like a good thing like a good holiday fling when it couldn't when it could have just stayed that way but that's shitty because what was the outcome if you had kept it as a good holiday fling what like you guys have this this wonderful experience in london and then okay sayonara and next time i'm in london we'll pick this up again that's not sustainable and even if it is it's not real yeah so even if 
you had said, okay, I'll just leave this as is. I'll maintain the status quo because that's what's comfortable and that's something that he's able to commit to. You leave, you leave these lingering feelings and then you always have this thought in your mind of like, what if... And then, okay, great, maybe you come back in a year and you pick it up again. You're just eternally perpetuating these feelings of what if and maybe and if it worked out, what would it be like? It's just it had to come to a head at some point and you had to have that conversation. So it's almost better that you had it now and you got it out of the way than perpetuating it for another maybe one, two, three trips. Yeah. And coming to the same outcome. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And that's kind of where we left off and I flew back to New York and, you know, um, obviously those messages were sent and he hasn't said anything back to that message. And I don't know. I just, I don't know how to, f- I feel at the end of the day, I'm still just fucking confused about the entire thing. Like, I don't think, I don't know. I don't even know. Cause like, I don't fucking know. I don't even know what's real, what's not. I think that as an outsider looking in on it, it's clear that you guys enjoyed each other's company. It's clear that he wasn't in a place to look for something more serious than that. Maybe he had conflicting factors going on in his life. Those aren't excuses for his actions, though. Those aren't excuses for the way that things ended and especially being that he felt guilty about them and he said himself that he felt that he was taking advantage of the situation that's clear enough that things didn't end the way that you know they should have on either part yeah right like maybe you felt like everything was your fault but it wasn't because he did did and said and maybe acted upon things that he wasn't being 100% genuine or real with himself about either. Yeah. So I think that the best thing in that case, like, is a clean break. Again, like, it, it just, you have to just kind of accept that that's that. And maybe you chalk it up as a loss and as a lesson learned. And that's it. Yeah. And it's not like I'd never want to see him again, you know? Like, right. it's not that. It's just like, I think. But maybe he's just, it's not a situation that's ever going to go in the direction that you want it to. And so maybe that is the better way. Yeah. And I, I also think, like, it's, I don't want to, like, say, like, I didn't want to be with him or like try it out but it does take a lot for someone to be my boyfriend you know in in recent memory like I haven't had a boyfriend in a long time like two years because like a year because I'm like much more picky now so it's not even like I would have jumped into relationship with him I just wanted to give it a go you were at least giving it a shot and I think that it was more on him where he wasn't open to that possibility And so, I don't know, like, for that reason, I would say, like, honestly, it's, like, if he wasn't open to the possibility, and he wasn't even, like, open to entertaining it and giving it, like, 
okay, maybe if he even said, okay, like, I don't think it's a good idea for us to go all the way with this, but, like, maybe if you stay here, we can, like, see each other I don't time know. to time I, to figure things out. I just out. don't think he wanted to be the reason that I stayed, which is also a big a big thing to put on somebody and I it would it wouldn't have been and again there's so many external things that he didn't know about that was going through my mind that I wasn't happy with in my own life that I did cling to him more than I wish I did but it wasn't it wasn't really about him like that whole decision to move to the UK and it still isn't because I still am looking to try to get to the UK and like be there permanently and it's not like we like we haven't talked and it's not it's not about him but I think, I think it. You obviously do have to think a little bit from his perspective. He would think that, and then I also don't think he. I think his actions speak way louder than his words, and like I just feel like him acting the way he did towards me, and then telling his friends and his family about me, and like not being open with them about people he's dated, and like I don't know, just like just like little things here and there, like yeah you've you've told me in other ways that you care about me i just don't <sighs> fuck knows what happened i don't even know i just can't even talk about this anymore <laughs> i know i know i just think that like you can't look at the situation and, and make excuses for all the ways that he acted i think that he acted in line with what his feelings were maybe and so yeah, in this case, you just have to, right, like, it's it's this thing that we've talked about before where it's, like, guys say what they're feeling, and what he was feeling was, I'm not ready for this, and I don't think that that is a reason for you to, like, hold out hope and think maybe he will be someday, because I think that at the end of the day, like, um, the principle of, like, people doing what they need to do or what they want to do to make things work comes into play and so if he really wanted it to work he'd go the extra mile he would figure things out and i just think you deserve someone who's gonna like who's gonna go that extra mile and who's gonna like throw fucking caution to the wind and say you know whatever like let's figure it out yeah where's my guy who's gonna get on a fucking plane for me like s like i just (laughs) yeah exactly like it's like hard to come across and yeah and it's it's hard to also will, like predict the future of yeah, like yeah absolutely and and you kind of have to just like let things happen and they will things will fall into place when they're supposed to and that's an incredibly scary thought it's incredibly scary to leave things up to fate and to also like maybe throw away your checklist and think like i'm just going to live my life and wait and see what happens and then be open to it and be open to things not always going the way that you expected and and just letting them happen yeah to be noted too like he's got red flags that are definitely swipe lefts on my list yeah for sure <laughs> like he owns two fucking cats like can you name a bigger red flag <laughs> yeah I mean fair um no there again he wasn't he wasn't perfect but I think he was again the closest thing to what I wanted in like a long time and yeah we exist in this bubble but um I think when it's, it's easy to fall in love with someone on the short term. Yeah, I think we both really I think we both really liked each other. We got on really well and maybe he chalked that up to friendship, but like maybe he'll realize that that's not 
you don't want to have sex with your friends. <laughs> well said. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is my tale. That is my Euro trip. Okay. Well, B, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was like a lot to open up about. Okay, so season two wrapped. Uh, season two wrapped. Yeah, so guys, we want to say thank you again to all of our listeners who have been with us on this journey. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you. We're like beyond our wildest dreams when we hear like where some of you are from when we look at our analytics and we see that we have listeners in China, shout out, Australia, shout out, Germany, shout out. UK. UK. Always holding down. Always holding down. Right? Like everywhere in Europe, all over Asia, all over the United States. Like we are from New York. So when we hear that we have listeners in DC, Wisconsin, number three. Wisconsin. Where are you at? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Shit. We are grateful for each and every one of you. And we are like so, like, through the fucking roof. So. Thank might, you for yeah. listening. Thank you for listening. And it might seem like we're all really separate, but like your your listeners, like you guys, you guys are an entire community in yourself that are coming from every different country in the entire world. And it makes us so happy. Yeah. And the one thing we're united on is like this fucking difficult, painful, stressful, amazing journey of like dating. And so stick with us okay like we're gone for a little bit but again support us on patreon tune into our cocktail episodes we're gonna be having boozy fucking episodes of just us being like our unfiltered selves as always yeah i'm really fucking ready for the next cocktail episode which we're about to record after this one so i forgot i need to get a little drunker yes um also we have a new section on our website for collaborations because we've been guesting on a lot of different podcasts so yes if you want to hear us on other people's podcasts uh Go to our website, notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com. Go to collaborations and you'll get to see a link to Spotify to every single episode we've been guested on. Um, We're also really excited to announce we're going to be quoted in the Washington Post. Yes! We're super excited. (laughs) Yeah. Look out for us. So uh, we'll be retweeting and sharing that article on Facebook and Twitter. So look out for that article. Yep. And guys, as usual, you know where to find us, notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com, which has links to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Patreon, everything else out there. Uh, the collab section, as B just mentioned, if you have trouble finding us anywhere else, DM us, um, send us a submission on our website. We will direct you gladly. Yep. And Day recommendations, of course. Yep. And of course, once again, final plug, Patreon, please. We appreciate it. That helps us bring yeah. you amazing content at all times. This is not our primary uh, source of income. So whatever you can do helps. Totally. And uh, again, like if you want like a daily dose of daily dose of BNL, we are we are always tweeting and you get to have like I think our tweets are fucking hilarious so I think you guys should be following us I think everyone in the entire world should be following us on Twitter I think so too and honestly (laughs) honestly our tweets are great and I keep saying if we were more popular on Twitter 90% of our tweets would go fucking viral because we are relatable as shit so So get on there follow us make it happen Um, make it fucking happen yeah Um, we usually do like a last episode favorite episode or something yeah we do oh oh we need to like pull up the episode list 
<laughs> so I can look at this season. B, what was your favorite episode of this season? I think our first episode, Tis the Cuffing Season, followed by Fuckboy Christmas Special, because that is just some classic truth bombs. Yes, I was going to say the Fuckboy Christmas Special, followed by Saturday is for the Boys. Mm, yeah. And then followed by... Fook. Where is it? Fook. <laughs> <laughs> A majority of issues while dating as a minority. Oh, good one, yeah. I loved that one. So, guys, check out our favorite episodes. If you're new to the podcast, go back and re-listen. If you listen to every single episode, go on Patreon, subscribe to us. Um, Yeah, and wait around, because we're going to be back for season three. This is just a brief interlude. Yeah, bet your ass we will. We're fucking, I mean, we're tired. Yeah. (laughs) We are tired, but we're here for you. And um, I definitely need some sort of emotional uh I need an emotional break. recess yeah for sure I, um I need a recess on my life yeah so. well guys we'll miss you we love you and we'll be back okay bye bye